You are listening to Meet the Thriller Author, the podcast where I interview writers of mysteries, thrillers, and suspense books. I am your host, Alan Peterson, and this is episode number 117. In this episode of the podcast, we'll be meeting Noel Holton, who is an award-winning blogger at crimebookjunkie.co.uk. She's also a PR and social media manager for Bookature, a leading digital publisher in the UK. And she has her own series of crime fiction books uh, featuring DC Maggie Jameson. The latest book in that series, Dead Perfect, is going to be published on October 16th and is available for pre-order now on Amazon. Uh, Noelle's background is uh, fascinating. She worked as a senior probation officer for 18 years. She works in uh, public relations and social media for uh, in publishing. So she has a lot of experience, uh, not only as for writing crime fiction, but also in the world of PR and uh, social media. So I had a lot of fun talking to her about her books, about social media, and a whole bunch more. So stay tuned for an interview with uh, Noelle Holton coming up here in a moment but first a quick reminder to please uh, rate and review this uh, podcast uh, wherever it is that you are listening to uh, to it or wherever it is you consume your podcast uh, your review and your rating it really helps me get the uh, word out for the podcast and please do visit uh, my site at thrillerauthors.com for show notes and access to my over 100 interviews with uh, other authors all right here's my interview with noel holton Hi, everybody. This is uh, Alan with Meet the Thriller Author, and I'm thrilled to be talking with Noel Holton, an award-winning blogger at crimebookjunkie.co.uk. Noel is also the PR and social media manager for Bookature, a leading digital publisher in the UK. Uh, Dead Inside was her debut novel, which was an international Kindle bestseller, and it was the start of the DC Maggie Jameson series, and her latest book in that series is Dead Perfect, which will be published on October 16th. So, Noel, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Okay, so you have such a cool, fascinating background. Um, you worked as a probation officer for 18 years, so you're actually immersed in the world of crime, uh, the real world, yeah. uh, before becoming a crime fiction series uh, writer. Did you, were you always interested in crime? How did all that uh, come to be for you, and how do you end up uh, start writing your own novels? Yeah, I've always had a fascination with um, crime and offending Um you know, I was reading like Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys when I was really young. And then I progressed on to reading uh, true crime books and horror um, and then eventually crime fiction. And uh, while I was um, after high school, when I went into university, all the, the degrees I've, I've done have some sort of crime um, or social deviance relation to it. So um, I did uh, philosophy where um, my degree was focused on morality and the law. Uh, I did sociology, where it was criminal and social deviancy. Uh, sorry, I did sociology, which is criminal and do- social deviancy. Um, I did a degree in community justice, which focused on offending. Um, my di- uh, diploma in probation studies, and then I went on to do my master's in criminology. So I've always had this crime fascination um, and. Obviously, after after I finished my master's, I um, applied to the probation service over here because I did my master's in England. All my other studies were done in Toronto uh, or Canada. And um, yeah, from probation, I did that for 18 years. Um, and I worked uh, my last six or seven years, I was working um, as a senior probation officer Uh, I had two offices. One was based in a police station, so we worked with prolific offenders. 
um, and domestic abuse perpetrators and high crime causing user uh, substance misusers. So, um, and then my the other team I managed dealt with high, uh, medium to high risk, uh, sorry, low to medium risk offenders. Um, so yeah, everything's been crime related and having blogged and reviewed crime fiction, someone once suggested, well, have you ever thought of writing a book yourself? And I used to be interested. I used to do a bit of creative writing in high school, um, but never thought, you know, I was good enough to actually write or finish a whole novel. Like I struggled writing my dissertation and that was only 25,000 words. So I couldn't imagine writing, you know, a full 90,000 word novel. Um, but I, I attended um, a writing course, uh, Crime and Publishment, which was run by a friend of mine, Graham Smith and uh, um, Michael J. Malone, both writers themselves over here in the UK. Um, and uh, I, I had written a prologue for Dead Inside. Um, and I'd not shown anybody that prologue, but I showed it to them after um, just coming up to the end of the weekend. And both of them were like, wow, that's really powerful. You know, you should write this book. So I left there with a bit of um, enthusiasm and thinking, you know, yeah, I can do this. And um, sat and wrote every day. Um, and by mid-May, the first draft of Dead Inside was written. And um, the next year, I attend a lot of crime festivals over here. So the next year, um, I attended... Harrogate, uh, the big festival over here, crime fiction festival. And I was avoiding like editors and, you know, agents and everything like the plague, because I, I just thought, no, no one's going to read my book. But um, I was kind of, after a few vodkas, convinced <laughs> to, uh, to pitch to an editor. And that was on a Saturday. So on the Monday, when I returned from the, the weekend, um, he emailed me and said, I'd love to read the whole manuscript. I sent it to him, um, and I had submitted to a few other places as well. And the next week, uh, three of them came back to me with offers. So that was it. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I should really have tried this earlier. <laughs> yeah. And I know I know that it, it, it doesn't always happen. I know people submit for years and years and years before a book's picked up. And I don't know if it was the multi-agency angle of my book, which is different from a lot of the crime fiction. I don't, although the police um, are the, you know, main investigators, um, Dead Inside is very much probation and police focused. Um, Dead Wrong has um, social services and probation and the police involved. And Dead Perfect also has um, the offending profiling aspect. So they all have that kind of multi-agency teamwork because when it comes to solving crime, from my own experience anyways, a lot of agencies are called upon for their information um, when it comes to certain criminals or crimes. So I wanted to kind of inject that because that's what I knew. Um, and yeah, there you go. That was it. Yeah, I think that's, a, that's such a good point because yeah, it, it, publishers and, and readers, everybody wants you know the, to follow the you know, read a good crime fiction book, but if there's something that makes it a little different, it really makes it kind of stand up, uh, go to the top of the pile, like they say. <laughs> so I think that was a cool, yeah. cool angle, plus your background too. So, you know, most of us have to like, you know, Google and research everything. Um, I mean, I'm sure you do a lot of research as well, but you have a, you had a lot to draw back. So that, that probably <laughs> gave you a, a legs up. 
Yeah, it absolutely did. Um, I, I love research. I've always been a kind of geek that way. You know, I read, I read a lot about even the stuff that's, even though I've been out of probation now for three years, I still read a lot of their policies and protocols because I'm a bit of a, a geek that way. I, I like to know these things. Um, and I guess because probation was a, a big part of my, my life. Um, so, yeah, it was, um, I still do research because obviously I don't know how to chop up a body or, <laughs> you know, so certain aspects I do have to research, but um, I enjoy doing that and it doesn't feel like work to me. In fact, I can become so heavily distracted by research that I have to remind myself, uh, you're writing a book now, <laughs> time to get back to the words. Yeah. Have you ever, have you ever considered uh, or thought about the uh, true crime? I'm always been fascinated with that too, but it seems like so daunting to write a true crime book. <laughs> I would absolutely love to do it, but I think there's so many legalities. Mm -hmm. You have to be really careful and um, you have to be right on the mark in terms of it. Uh, so I, I wouldn't dare. I mean, I still read loads of true crime. I'm totally fascinated. And all the television programs like Netflix at night, I don't sleep a lot. So I'm either reading or watching true crime programs on Netflix. Um, and it's fascinating, but I, as much as I would love to do it, I just don't think I, I would just be too afraid to get something wrong or, you know, mm -hmm. and I think publishers are also quite savvy when it comes to true crime. You really have to get the facts right because, uh, you know, if you make a mistake, there's a lawsuit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I think that's why you always you usually see uh, those books written like by experienced journalists who know how to do the research and all that stuff. Yes, uh, yes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So you, you say you're a fan. So were you reviewing books before you started to write? Or was that something you're doing on the side as, when you're on, on your website and your blog? Yeah, I was I started um, my blog in 2015. Mm -hmm. um, I had I, I'd been in a while I was a probation officer and kind of um, the background and in, not inspiration, but, uh, you know, I had a lot of experience. I was in a, a quite a, an abusive relationship. So I did a lot of reading during that time, and um, I, I I didn't really, I kind of isolated myself, but once I came out of that relationship, which was in 2015, um, I started joining a lot of book groups on Facebook and came across people talking about these blogs, and I was like, what the heck is a blog? Um, so I became friendly with uh, one of the bloggers, Best, Best Crime Books and More, um, who was really well-known. Uh, as a blogger, and um, she offered me a guest spot, you know, to to write reviews on her blog. So I thought, great. And after a few months, she's like, you really should just start up your own blog. You're clearly enjoying this. Um, and she kind of booted me out. So I, I start not <laughs> not in a malicious way, of course, uh, in a, in a helpful, supportive way. Um, and so I started Crime Book Junkie, um, which was fantastic. I love, and I only review. Um, books I love on the blog because I've learned um, after a while I don't if, if I'm not enjoying a book I just don't tend to finish it now mm -hmm. and I can't review an unfinished read so um, my book my blog is all about all the books the crime fiction books I love and then all of a sudden publishers started sending me stuff and I was like oh my gosh I'm getting like you should see the amount of books I have in my house that I still <laughs> haven't read um, it's incredible. I, I will never be lost. Uh, it, you know, I could never say, what should I read next? Because I've got so much to choose from. It's fantastic. Um, 
but yeah, I started doing that. And then Book Couture, um, I, I, I came across them and I, I started reading Angie Marzins and I loved their books. Um, so one year again at Harrogate Crime Festival, Harrogate seems to be my lucky star. Um, I, I get a lot of great things out of Harrogate. Um, I attended there and Kim Nash, who was the head of publicity for Book Couture, was saying, um, you know, because I was a blogger and, and they knew that I reviewed a lot of their books, would I be interested in doing some freelance for them? Um, so I started organizing blog tours and working with their authors in the evenings after I came home from probation. Um, and that was in 2016, I believe. Um, and by this time, probation over here, uh, the government had privatized half of it. And I was in the private sector, which I absolutely hated. So I was looking for something to get out of probation by then. Um, and uh, after, I think it was about eight months, um, Kim asked me, you know, if, if a, a vape here, would you be interested in working for us full time? And I was like, oh, my God, yes. Mm -hmm. So um, a vacancy came up. Um, I was interviewed and I got the job then. So I left probation in July of 2017. And I remember when I handed in my, um, the last month that I handed in my resignation for probation, my officers uh, kept coming up to me saying, oh my God, I've, in the, you know, all the years that we've known you, we've never seen you smile so much <laughs> because I was just so happy to be leaving. Um, yeah. And that was it. I started working full time then for Book Tour. Yeah. And I still review. Oh, you still do? Okay, yeah, because I, I, I checked your, your website. It seems like you're still putting up reviews and stuff and all over the yeah. place. Yeah, <laughs> a, a lot slower. Um, you know, I used to read a book every, you know, every one to two days. I could read a book even while working and, and all that kind of stuff. But now with writing, I have to be really careful <laughs> um, because I try and avoid, especially when I'm in the early writing stages or editing, I try I'm reading police procedurals, which are my favorite to read um, because I don't want to lose my voice and I don't want to start, you know, if I think the risk when you're writing is if you're reading something of the, the similar genre, it's very easy to kind of forget that, you know, this is your story, but you're influenced by someone else's story if you're reading it. So mm -hmm. while I'm writing, I try and stick to maybe psychological thrillers or true crime, things that kind of take me away from police procedural but yeah i still review and i, I love reviewing I, i'll never stop reviewing but I, i've got about eight to write up i still haven't written up because writing does take a lot of time yeah that is crazy too with having this podcast the i started getting the same thing publishers oh can we add you yeah. you know oh sure okay i never i didn't realize the floodgates that that opened <laughs> yeah yeah those. i might be hitting you up after yeah. this as well so i'm going to yeah. <laughs> which, would love to be on a podcast yeah oh yeah absolutely yeah but, but it, which is it, it's awesome but then yeah like you said too then i have so many books and then my kindle is to read piles so yeah it gets kind of yeah like whoa it's a good problem don't even to get have. started on my kindle oh <laughs> yeah. my god i can't even tell you how many i have on there it, it's a good problem to have though a lot of uh yeah. thriller uh, books the <laughs> crime fiction books to read absolutely uh, yeah and so does uh bookshare um do they uh, specialize in a certain genre or they publish all, all type of, of books we publish all type of books, um, crime thrillers, action thrillers, uh, women's fiction, rom-coms. Um, we have some uh, 
not so much YA, but we have some fantasy books, um, some, gosh, a, a huge amount of, and a varied mix of genres. So, um, yeah, it's it's great because not only when I because I work um, as publicity for all the books that I work with, all the authors and titles that I work with, I read those. So I'm not only reading just crime fiction, I get to read a lot of women's fiction, which I probably never would have come across except for working at Bookature. Um, and it's great. It's a nice little cleansing palette to get some of the crime and nastiness out of your head. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I, I, I ran across you on Twitter and I was so intrigued with your background because you write you know, you write the books and you're, you're, you do the, you're doing PR and the social media management. Uh, yeah. how, how important do you think it is for a thriller author to be versed in all that stuff? And uh, I know there's a there, self-published in India authors seem to be really into that, but uh, uh, traditional authors, do they still have to be doing that or do the publishers take care of that for them? I think it depends on um, where you're published. Bookature, um, and I'm, I'm not just saying that because I am publicity, <laughs> but uh, I think we are quite unique in the um, publishing industry in terms of um, publicity and marketing. Um, we do a lot for our authors. And of course, the authors will have to pick up, you know, after their publication day, because we have like a publication day every day, mm. uh, pretty much every day. So, you know, we're doing the build up and then the author kind of has to pick up after, you know, the publication to keep that momentum going. But the, the great thing about Bookature also is the fact that, you know, for, for an author, their books aren't, you don't have to wait a year for their next book. It will be three or four months down the road. So in that interim, the author will be promoting their next book um, and will be promoting the next book as well as keeping the momentum alive for their latest release. Whereas in a lot of the traditional publishers, um, they have some publicity and, and, I suppose because we're a digital publisher, all our focus um, and the importance in terms of selling books is the ebook side of things. Whereas uh, traditional publishers, you know, like the the top five will have book launches, you know, for paperback launches, and you know that that's what their focus is on rather than the ebook. Um, but it was quite interesting with lockdown how that kind of had to change and swap. Mm-hmm. And I was, I think. For digital publishing um, and the digital publishing industry, lockdown has kind of opened um, people's eyes because there's a lot of sl- snobbery around um, ebooks mm-hmm. and and publish in the publishing industry. Whereas you know we do incredibly well for our authors. Um, and although we have paperbacks from Amazon print on demand, it's the ebooks that we're constantly promoting and pushing. And our authors do amazing, and some do probably a lot better than um, a traditionally published author. So, you know, they may get the big advances, but they have to pay off those advances, Mm -hmm. um, and they don't see a penny of their royalties until those advances are paid off. Whereas with our authors, their money's in the bank. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's no waiting for that. So, yeah, it's it's quite interesting in that respect. So publicity-wise, that's what we do a lot, whereas you don't, um, you know, I'm with a different publisher, I, um, my books are published by One More Chapter, which is an uh, imprint of HarperCollins. And um, they do some publicity, but um, uh, in the main, I'm responsible for my, my own publicity. 
Yeah, that's what I've heard before there, that uh, even even when traditionally, like a lot of people will say, oh, I just want to focus on writing, but really you have to do the marketing and the publicity, some of it yourself as well, if you want to. Yeah, you know. if you want your books to sell, you yeah. definitely do. And and that's, that's even if you're with a, a big publisher. I think people are under the, the illusion when you're with a, a traditional publisher, one of the top five, that, you know, it's all done for you and you just have to sit back and, and wait for the, the royalties to come in. Um, but you really, if you want to keep your book alive and fresh and in people's faces and out getting out to new readers, you have to push your book without, without being, um, you know, constantly buy my book, buy my book. Yeah. You have to be creative in, in the ways that you do it as well. Um, it's hard and it takes up a lot of time. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, Stephen, you see, like, you know, even Stephen King, when he writes, puts a new book out, he's out in the, doing the interviews and, and publishing, yeah. I mean, even at his level. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Although I wouldn't mind his bank balance. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'd I pay 1%. someone to do that for me then. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, I was kind of wonder about that, too. But I guess it's just part of the deal. <laughs> it's in, yeah. ingrained in them. But yes, at that level, I'd be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Someone else can do that. Yeah. For um, so, um, so can you tell us a little bit then about uh, about your books, your series, uh, Maggie Jameson series? How did it all come together? And I mean, tell us the the beginning of it. It started as a prologue, right? Or uh... yes, um, DC. Okay, this the series. When I pitched the book, it was kind of supposed to be a um, a multi agency team that each book was going to be led by um, a different kind of agency. So Dead Inside, for instance, was very much um, probation, and it's very much Lucy's story, although we're introduced to Maggie because she comes to, she's seconded to um, the Domestic Abuse and Homicide Unit, uh, which, which is a, a multi-agency team within the police station. And that was loosely based on what the work I did when I worked in a police station. Um, but... Um, when I submitted the book, obviously, um, my editor was kind of like, okay, well, how about we make the police officer, you know, let's get her more in there. Let's make it more a, a police procedural because it was kind of cross genre, I guess. And um, commercially, I, th I guess they fe felt that it would fit better in, you know, the police procedural box. But people still say dead inside is very much Lucy and probation. Um, but book two, Dead Wrong, is very much um, police-led and Maggie's story. So each book, you kind of learn a bit more about a, a different agency. Um, and, you know, Maggie's this kind of, um, I, I like to think she's a, a bit of a, a, a feisty, kind of a know-it-all, but not in an arrogant way. Like she, she knows a lot. Of, she, well, kind of, I guess, a bit like me, like she likes to, to know her job and she likes to know, you know, other aspects of other people's jobs. So she's a bit of a geek in that sense. Um, and she is, um, has been a detective for 10 or so years. And um, she goes back to her own team, um, the major organized um, crime department in Staffordshire in book two. So she's back with her original team. And then I have to introduce all of them in that. So it's very um, much a series where um, if you don't like a lot of characters, I love lots of characters, which is why I write about them. But if you like a, a, a police procedural that has like three people in it, um, my series will not be for you. But if you like, you know, a bit of a diverse mix of characters and 
lots of them, mm. then definitely check out my series because that's exactly what you'll get. And you'll, you'll get to learn about how the agencies work to solve crimes. Um, because like I was saying earlier, uh, it's not just the police team. Like when, when I worked in probation, you know, and one of um, the offenders we supervised was involved in a serious further offense. Um, police would come to us for information on that person because probation are the one area in the criminal justice um, field, at least over here, um, who work with uh, a, a, an offender from the moment they're charged, because we write their pre-sentence reports for court, um, all the way through to the end of their sentence, whether that be prison or the community. So they know everything there is to know about that person because they're seeing them all the time um, and they work with them throughout their sentence. So uh, I wanted to make sure that aspect was kind of included and same with drug and alcohol agencies if people have substance misuse problems or, you know, um, domestic um, abuse agencies when there's abuse either from a perpetrator or a victim involved. So that's what I, I try and incorporate in the series. And I, I love writing it. I'm on book five now. I can't believe that. Oh, wow. My <laughs> came out last year. Um, I've just handed in book four. So that's with my editor. And I'm about 10,000 words into book five now. But after that, that's my the last book in my contract. So if I'm not offered a further contract, if the series doesn't take off or progress, um, I have a few other ideas that I'd like to pursue as well. So. Yeah, and then the third book is Dead Perfect, and that comes out on the sixteenth of October. What's the yeah. plot of that? What's the plot of that book? Where is she at? In uh, Dead Perfect <laughs> is quite a creepy read. Um, well, actually, so is Dead Wrong, uh, and Dead Dead Inside is quite emotional. But Dead Perfect picks up um, in Dead Wrong. You're kind of introduced to a subplot, um, and it involves um, the offender profiler, Dr. Kate Maloney. Um, getting these creepy messages. So in Dead Perfect, um, a body is found and the body, it opens with a body being found and the body resembles um, Dr. Kate Maloney. So uh, she's found face down. And um, I'm not going to tell you what happens, but yeah, there's um, quite a personal um, interest in the case for Maggie because um, her friend is... Uh, in danger and it's going to be up to her and the team to find out a who the person is and why they're doing it um so yeah and i, I loved writing it because um it involves some really creepy stuff and it was fun to research <laughs> yeah I, I love that stuff i love the creepy serial killer all that stuff <laughs> Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so what's your writing process like? Do you outline or do you pen do you pants through these books or Oh, I'm terrible. Um I'm probably an editor's worst nightmare. <laughs> um I I write every day for an hour. Um I spend an hour right after work. Um and I do a thousand words a day. Or I aim for that. And if I don't hit my thousand, although knock on wood that hasn't happened yet, but um I'm, I'm usually spending that hour also doing part research as well. So, um, and I make sure I do that every day because I think it's really important to kind of have that routine for me. Um, because I used to be the, you know, when I first started, I was like, oh, I just don't have time to do it. And, you know, of, of course, my blogging and stuff has suffered because I don't have as much time to read. But 
I need to dedicate that time. And I don't outline anything, although for this book, I kind of outlined the first five or so chapters to kind of give me an idea. Um, and I write, I'm a chaotic mess when it comes to my writing. I write the first 20,000 words relatively in order of how they should go. And then, um, and I also write the first chapter and the last chapter. Those are the first two things I write. And then after 20,000 words, I just write whatever pops into my head and it's totally out of order. Um, and then I have to spend, once it's finished, a lot of time putting the chapters in the correct order. So, and then hopefully, you know, sometimes when I get my edits back, my editor's kind of like, um, well, you said this here. And I obviously had, hadn't picked it up <laughs> because I think also when you're editing, you're so close to your work mm -hmm. that you're blind to a lot of things. So, you know, in my head, it looks perfect because I'm reading it how I think it should be read, even though that's not how it is on the paper. <laughs> so, yeah, she'll come back and go, you need to either move this chapter or insert something else here. But as each book has progressed, that's gotten better. So I, I must be learning something along the way. But yeah, I am, I'm a total um, mess when it comes to writing because I can't, I just can't write in order after 20,000. I hit a brick wall. I have to write whatever's in my head. Um, and I used to laugh at authors when I heard them say, oh, you know, the voice is in my head because I was like, are you schizophrenic? What's going on here? <laughs> um, but really it is. There's certain characters who kind of say, write me now, write me now. And I've got to get whatever they have to say out and down on paper before I forget it. And what do you use to, to write? Do you use the word or do you use something else that, that lets you uh, move things around? <laughs> Um, what I have Scrivener, uh -huh. um, but I can't write on Scrivener. I write on Word. Um, then I upload it all to Scrivener. Um, and then I change it around. Um, I print it out then. And I, because I never get it right when I, even when I move it around on Scrivener. Um, I print it out then and I manually make sure and go through and, and move chapters around. Um, and then I uh, fix it on Scrivener and transfer it back to a Word doc. <laughs> so it's a little <laughs> bit of a, a pain in the backside, but it, it works for me. I tried doing other things. You know, I tried outlining. I tried, you know, like doing all the things these really organized and amazing authors do with their color charts of their <laughs> characters. And I, I wish I could do that because I so love that kind of stuff. Um, but I can't do it. My head just doesn't function that way. <laughs> yeah, I see some of that. To the color, yeah, that, yeah, that's way too uh, organized for, for for me as well. But yeah, I get jealous when I see that. <laughs> I know it's awesome. It's so awesome. I, and I, actually, it'd be great if someone just did that for me, and then I could pick it up, you know, <laughs> after the fact and keep it going. But I just don't have the patience. And now that I'm at five books in, I just. It just seems like such a daunting task. Yeah, well, it's working for you. Yeah, you got five books in, so. <laughs> yeah, so it, it clearly works. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not going to change it. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember who I read that did that. They they published, they printed the manuscript, and then they would lay it out in the on their floor. And then yeah. she would sit there, and like a jigsaw would, uh, yeah. would move things around. So, hey, yeah, whatever works. <laughs> it, it works for me. And I I have tried every other way possible trying to be more organized, but um, I always revert back to the chaos. Yeah. 
and, and I do. I love reading those books of you know being, living in the, being in the United States, living here about uh, from other countries. Um, you know, I love reading those international uh, thrillers. What's the uh, crime fiction in uh, in British? It's, it seems so lively, and they have such great books. Is that so? It seems like it's a pretty vibrant scene over there. Oh my god, it's fantastic! When when I lived in Toronto, I moved here when I was I think twenty seven or twenty eight, um, and I constantly I was really big into like Kathy Reichs and you know those type of series, um, Patricia Cornwall. Um, and I still love them, you know, Linwood Barkley. Those were like my favorite authors over there. Um, and uh, I moved here and I started reading the series. And it took me a while because sometimes um, they use the accents in, you know, like especially Scottish authors hmm. um, who I love. There's some incredible Scottish authors over here. But when they're using the actual dialogue, um, how they speak, it took me a while to kind of decipher what they were saying, but um, I—it's what I love about British crime. It's quite gritty. There's that kind of gritty feel to it, almost an old noir feel to it. Um, and I guess um, you know you have like really big names here, like um, although Steve Kavanaugh is—he's um, Irish. Uh, and I don't know how big he is over in the States, um, but I think uh, his books sell, his books are based um, in the States, whereas a lot of the um, crime authors over here, um, especially the, like the ones I work with, Angie Marsins is fantastic. Her series, um, Kim Stone, is actually set in um, a town that's an hour away from me. So, you know, like when I go over, you kind of visualize these places that people are talking about. And um, my books are set in Staffordshire, where I work. And although I've kind of created fictional parts of Staffordshire, you know, fictional towns, um, people have said to me, oh, I know exactly what, where you're talking about. <laughs> and I love that about the British crime authors. Um, and I'm sure it happens over there as well. But I haven't read a lot of uh, U.S. or even Canadian writers for quite some time <laughs> because I live here. And I guess because I'm you know, submitting to um, British uh, publishers, I kind of, although they, they want books that are easy to translate over in the U.S., mm -hmm. um, I kind of have lost touch with what happens over there. But yeah, I, I, just, I just love the grittiness about them. And, you know, the, I'm a big swearer, I have to admit, and it's hard <laughs> that I, have, I haven't sworn once yet. Um, but I love that about the British, too, because they're just like me. Um, and I've always been that way. So, it, it, you know, the, the books, um, I know some people get offended by the language. But when you work, and I can attest to my own language when I worked in probation, um, we swore a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a lot. It was kind of like that release. So um, I think it, it just adds that bit of authenticity to it, you know, and the... Um, the settings and the atmosphere like um, is just great over here because you've got, you know, the rural countrysides literally, uh, you know, 20 minutes away from the towns and the, the big cities. So there's plenty of places to hide bodies and it's still yeah. quite atmospheric when, when you go on a drive. So the only thing about being a crime writer though now 
is that everywhere I go, I'm thinking, oh, that would be a great place to hide a body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're wired weird like that. I'm the same way, too. And I love going to, uh, I love England and the UK. And I, I remember I had a friend who was living, uh, I think it's called Bishop Stafford. It's out of London somewhere. It's like 30 miles. I can't remember. But yeah, it was like this countryside. I'm like, oh, this would be a perfect place to bury a body. <laughs> exactly that. Exactly that. You know, like I'm a big fan of Ian Rankin, um, mm. who is um, a, one of the Scottish authors over here. And his Rebus series is based in Edinburgh. And every time I go up there um, to Edinburgh, and I love Scotland, I, I hope at some point to migrate or move over there at some point. But um, every time I go there, I'm thinking, oh, my God, Rebus walked this street. Like, Rebus is a character. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, oh, and Rebus went into that pub. And, oh, I know that. That's from, you know, flesh market clothes. And it's, it's really bizarre how immersed as a reader you get into when you see these places where you know books that you love are, are based. It's fantastic. Yeah. And do you see, uh, do you see, uh, um, are you getting more, because the world's getting so small now, um, American readers uh, uh, enjoying those, the British uh, thrillers? Because I think now we've got BBC America over here where we're starting, you know, like Luther and all those shows. <laughs> oh, love Luther. Yeah, actually, I think, I think um, a, a lot of our, uh, like, we have um, Lisa Regan, who is, mm-hmm. she is US based. Um, although we publish her here in the UK, um, she has a, a, a really great series out and her, her latest Save Her Soul was out yesterday. Um, so she has a big US fan base and DK Hood, who is originally from the UK, but lives in Australia. She sets her books in America um, and she has a big fa- fan base over there. And we've got um, John Ryder, who uh, is a pseudonym for Graham Smith. He's a Scottish based author. Um, but he's got some amazing action thrillers. First Shot is his debut action thriller, which is U.S. based. Um, but his characters all have a U.K. or Scottish background. So um, I think they are transferable in that sense. And I think the American and Canadian audiences um, like to read the British crime series. Um, but also like it when they have it has a bit of the americanism in it if you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i think they struggle sometimes with some of the terms and um sometimes i think they struggle with the difference in how police work over here versus over there mm-hmm. um but i think it's growing and it's really great to see because especially when you know if i was in canada now I'm reading more of the British um, writers mm-hmm. because th- their writing is, it's so different. Yeah. But yeah. like you say, it is, it's transferable. Pe- people love that stuff. They love watching, like, like you mentioned Luther, mm-hmm. um, huge fan of Luther. And I love the fact that he is such an, you know, he's the heart of the detective. He's, he's got a good heart, but he's such a bad, I was going to say, swear there such a bad boy <laughs> you know he he has that edginess to him maybe that's what it is that edginess to him yeah yeah if the listeners haven't haven't watched luther i highly recommend to go check that out uh it uh, Definitely. Is, is it idris elba i, was, I believe is how you pronounce the name he's such a fantastic yes. actor <clears throat> he is um okay well so um 
And so um, I always like to ask before uh, wrapping things up about um, advice for, for aspiring writers, and especially since you're working with a publish, publishing company, any, any advice for an aspiring uh, crime thriller writer? Yes, absolutely. Um, things that have really helped me, for instance, are um, read in the genre that you want to write. So, But read as um, a writer, be critical rather than as a, a reader. You'll, you'll find things, um, you know, how pace is built up in a book and uh, where suspense, you know, adds to a storyline. And I think you find that more when you're reading for a particular reason. So, you know, if, if police procedurals are your thing, read as many of those as you possibly can and kind of give it a critique, you know, look at it from that sense. Um, another bit of advice I would say is, make the time to write, no excuses. I only write an hour a day. And, you know, if you write an hour a day, you can get a book finished within, your first draft finished within, you know, two to two to six months, depending on how long or how fast you type. Um, and that's really good. So, you know, do that. And in terms of advice, it's great taking advice from people. People will give you a lot of advice. Um, about various processes and, and submitting and, and all that kind of stuff. You really have to take on that advice, but find what works for you because what works for one person might not work for another person. Like people told me, oh, you should plot out your books and you should do this and you should do that. That doesn't work for me. So definitely take the advice, including the stuff I'm telling you today, <laughs> and um, find what works for you. And when it comes to submitting do your homework. Don't just submit to any random um, publisher. You know, the, the publisher is going to want to know that you know um, and have looked into them. You know, you're not going to submit a, a sci-fi book, for instance, to a publisher that only publishes crime fiction because you'll immediately be ignored. Um, so f find that publisher that you think will work for for your book. But don't be dismayed if uh, you get rejected because a lot of the time with publishers, um, it's not because your writing is bad. It's because they already have um, a series or a book that's quite similar. Um, or it could be that they personally don't know how to market it themselves. Um, so don't be dismayed by rejection either. You know, um, Angie Marsons, for instance, who is uh, one of our biggest um and bestsellers at, at Book of Chore. And she's fantastic. She's now into book 14, I think, of her series, or 13. Um, she was rejected for 25 years before Book of Chore mm -hmm. took her on. And now she's, you know, a multi-million best-selling author. So, you know. Yeah, I got to stick with it. Her books were bad. It just, <laughs> wasn't, it, it just wasn't for the publishers that she was submitting to. Yeah, I think I've... You know, I've interviewed over a hundred authors now. A lot of most, you know, especially the those that are submitting, um, it seems like anywhere from twenty to forty rejections is is like the minimum that <laughs> for yeah. most of them. <laughs> yeah, and I know my, my experience is totally different from other people. Um, I ha I did have rejections in between um, having offers, uh, but. Um, that's, I think that was just, I don't know, good timing, I guess. Uh, and I was expecting, you know, a year or two of getting rejections and just 
keep writing and writing and writing. Um, and I know plenty of people who have been rejected uh, for, you know, a couple of years or, um, but now are like international best-selling authors. So, you know, just don't give up. If, if you love writing, um, keep doing it. That's good advice. And so where can, uh, where can the listeners find you, uh, your websites, and all your, where you hang I'm out? I'm all over the place. <laughs> I'm on Twitter at nholton40. Um, or if you just type in Crime Book Junkie, I should come up. Uh, my blog is uh, crimebookjunkie.co.uk. Um, and you can Google Crime Book Junkie. And actually, if you Google Crime Book Junkie, I think my author page comes up. Noelle Holton, author on Facebook. Um, I'm on Crime Book Junkie on Facebook. So, yeah, I'm, and I'm on Instagram at Crime Book Junkie. So, yeah, if you just search for Crime Book Junkie and look for uh, me and my blonde distance stare picture, my <laughs> slide profile. And that picture was me, um, my profile picture for my author page and my Instagram was when I got to um, sit beside Ian Rankin and sign my books because I got a spot um, on Crime in the Spotlight for Bloody Scotland to read the, the prologue for Dead Inside before Ian Rankin to a sold-out audience. Oh, so wow. I was looking at him with, <laughs> oh, my God, I can't believe I'm here. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at it now. So, yeah, I see you kind of like uh, awestruck there. <laughs> yes, that's exactly it. <laughs> And I'm like, I will never take that picture down. In fact, I might get a T-shirt made of it because that was like one of the best moments of my life. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's a more, more in conjunction now. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Noel. Well, thank you so much for being on the, pack, on the podcast. Really enjoyed talking with you. And uh, good luck on, uh, on your book launch coming up and, and everything else. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Meet the Thriller Author podcast. Be sure to visit thrillerauthors.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover great thrilling reads. If you enjoy the podcast, I'd love for you to subscribe, uh, rate, and give a review uh, to it, wherever it is that you're listening to this uh, podcast, be it uh, iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, uh, wherever it is that you're uh, listening to this right now. I would appreciate it. And uh, please do check out my own thriller novels over at my website at alanpeterson.com. Until next time.